I just um, interrupted in the jingle to show this beautiful lion that I bought from Home Goods today. She's wearing a crown. Anyway, uh, welcome to Review That Review. This is episode three of the podcast dedicated to reviewing. Reviews were just like Siskel and Eber, only instead of reviewing cinematic masterpieces, we rate and review those hilarious, scathing, and sometimes suspicious online reviews. Mm-hmm, yep, that's true. And that, speaking right then, was Chelsea Dawn. And that's Trey Gerald. And together, we're the Review Queens. <laughs> How's her crown today, Trey? You know, I opted for a tiara. It just sort of felt right. (laughs) How's your week been? Wow. You know, honestly, it's been a really good week. I was uh, fortunate to go visit my sister who lives in North Carolina. That's right. Yeah, she's very pregnant. She's due like in less than six weeks. And um, her first child is about to become two. Wow. He's, he turns to in six weeks. So like her due date is literally almost exactly his birthday. Uh, I know it's crazy. That's scary. I hope they don't have the same birthday. Yeah. She also hopes that as well. And then my mom's birthday is like a week before. So she's also hoping like it doesn't land on that day as well. Uh, yeah. I actually had a good week. What about, like, what about you? How was your week? I had a pretty good week. I am, you know, back in LA now as well. So back in my home turf and back Mm. to doing a little bit of my freelance work. And I had to plan an eight-year-old's birthday party yesterday. So that was fun. (laughs) Also, there was um, a bit of a like olive oil spill. One of the kids knocked olive oil off the table. And so there was shattered glass everywhere, which was a nightmare. But also the olive oil was a nightmare as well. So when you said olive oil, my first thought was like Shelley Duvall in the Popeyes movie. Why? What do you mean? You said olive oil. And and so olive oil, like olive oil, the character olive oil. Yeah. Why did I think that? I don't know. Because maybe you're just not expecting me to say that. You were like, I don't know. Your mind was on Popeye. But I've never like I haven't thought of that movie in years. I don't know. But it's like, if you're going to spill glass, terrible. But the olive oil really just took us over the edge. Yeah, well, it's very precious. Yeah, it is. It's a precious item. It's not something you want to waste. But I'm fine. I'm good. All in all, life is good. LA is beautiful. I can't really complain. But I'm sure we're going to find a way to do it anyway. Oh, that sounds like a beautiful segue. To? Logic complaint. Oh, boy. All right. Do you have something you want to complain about this week? Yes. Okay. So I, this is sort of a tangent, but I am taking this platform to officially lodge a complaint against commercial jingle writers. Okay. So I, at my sister's house, I took on the task of making the Spanish rice when we were making um, quesadilla night. And it was a box of rice-a-roni, which I don't, I think I've never. Francisco treat. Okay. Hello. I haven't purchased rice like, I don't think ever, actually. But I, like you just did, I was emptying the box and I was like, rice San Francisco treat. And then I could not get it out of my head. Uh... And then my sister, like I mentioned it, my sister and I have this like running joke because <laughs> there's this commercial. I never saw it until I lived in New York, but it's like a bunch of people on a city bus and there's like a lady dressed up as like the opera, like diva with the braids and the crown. And there's like a lawyer and then there's like a mom and whatever. But it's like, when you have a structured settlement and you <laughs> need cash now, call J.G. Wentworth 877-CASH-NOW. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Wait, I so remember you, that. You remember it from like New Jersey or like from LA? I think it was an East Coast thing, but I definitely remember it because it would play like all the time. Have you ever heard the Carmel jingle? Carmel. It's like Remind. a car service. It it really happened oh. in that moment right before like Uber and Lyft took off. Six 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 sixty six. Oh no! Going to the airport, driving around town, shopping for a movie. The best rides in town. Anywhere to go. Carmel is the number to know. But it was like clearly a non-union commercial because <laughs> none of the people are like. They just seem kind of amateur, like no judgment. Sure. Like, and they like have to mouth the lyrics. And there's this one guy on the left, <laughs> probably like has never taken a dance class in his life. And it's just, it is sh- like chef's kiss. So beautiful. But he like can't, it is just, gosh, I, when I think of Carmel, I think of this guy. Anyway. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's the whole point is I could not stop singing the San Francisco treat it, it was stuck in my head the entire trip. <laughs> so I'm lodging a complaint because that's precious, like, memory space. Like, it's so obnoxious to me. And yes, it's fun. Haha. Like, there's even like an Ellen stand up joke, like, from back in the day before she had a talk show about, like, you know, the Michelin man or like my Menon. Yeah. yeah. But boy, is that true. So I'm officially lodged that complaint. All commercial jingle writers, you must do better, except major kudos to our podcast jingle. Which also uh, gets stuck in my head all the time, but yes, I don't but, care. But that's good. So good job, Joe Canozian, and great job, Natalie Weiss, the vocalist. I guess the question is like, at what point do we change it up? Like we got to give kudos to Rice Aroni because they've been holding on to that jingle for God decades. Yeah, but you know who else has been holding on to it? Me, because I can't get it out of my head. And that (laughs) is my complaint. Chelsea, do you have any complaints you want to lodge? I do. I have a complaint about false advertising on packaging. Well, we're both doing ads. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So I, granted, was at Rite Aid. So like expectations Uh should be low. I wanted to get a little like present for the eight-year-old and there's this game i think it's called like ladder toss or something where you have these two balls stay with me and they're attached by a string and you kind of launch it in the air and the goal is to get the balls to wrap around one of the rings of the ladder but not fall off Okay, so I was like, oh, this is fun. It's getting hot out, summer, Question. a nice outdoor game. Question? Is this like the like Rite Aid branded like $5 game situation? Now, it was not Rite Aid branded. However, it was 50% off. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> so maybe that should have cued me up. But <laughs> I've played this game before and the box looked exactly like the version of the game that I had played before at my friends. And we had a jolly old time and it was great. And I was like, wow, what a steal for this game. I can't believe my friend Chris and Steph, maybe they bought this at Rite Aid. Wow, I'm going to get this for the kids. It's going to be a great hit. And then I took it out of the box and it was it was like laughable how different the product inside the box was <laughs> from the photo on the outside. Like it was just not even in the same league It was probably like half the size. They clearly purchased the good version, did a whole photo shoot with the good version of the product, and then stuck some dreck inside the box. And that's why it was half off, clearly. (laughs) Really learned my lesson. But I'm lodging a complaint against false photographic advertising on the outside of your box. And there are lots of sexual innuendos in that, unintended. Oh, yes, yes. To say pure of heart, pure of mind, Chelsea Dawn. Always, <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm holding my crown high, okay. But I will say, messed up. <laughs> I'm glad I got to talk to you about that because, like, I had to play it off like it was okay in front of the kids. Because, well, that's what I was gonna say is I recognize that you're like, oh my gosh, like. I'm a cool person. It's like we're at that age when it's like you're the aunt or uncle. And you're like, okay, 
I know that you have this amazing little contraption in your hand that can do literally anything. But when I was your age, we played with a ladder and a ball and string and oh my gosh, I got it here. And then it's uh, like you're already facing an uphill battle like. Yeah. And I really like oversold it too. I was like, Hey guys, like got a long game for us. You know? Oh my God. It's okay. I'm okay now. I do feel better now (laughs) that we've discussed it. (sighs) It's the exhale time. (sighs) (sighs) Gotta let it out. I feel great. I feel great about letting that out. Do you feel good? I feel really good actually. Yes. Yeah. I think it's time for us to hear some other people's complaints. Hey, that sounds great because I think that that's why we're all here. Yeah, as you guys know, we are your trusty review queens. We each bring in a review from the internet that we feel needs to be inspected. We read you the review, we break it down, and then we rate the impact of the review on a scale from one to five crowns. It's a very regal process that we call Assess That Kvetch. Oh, but Chelsea, my dear, for those of us who don't speak Yiddish, what does that word mean? Kvetch. It means complaint. Like I'm kvetching. I got. <laughs> I gavolt. Rolls right off the tongue, right? Am I first or are you first? I'm first. I'm first. You're first. Yay. Takes the pressure off me. All right. <sighs> Take it away, Trey. You review queen. Let's do it. Review that review. This one I'm actually like, (laughs) I'm excited about. I'm a little nervous about. Don't be nervous. Okay. So my review today is from Audible Books. My fave. And this is a review of the narration of Valley of the Dolls. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to take notes. And this is like, they rate on a bunch of different scales for audible books. So there's like the overall score, then there's the performance score, and then there's the story score. So overall is a two out of five stars. Performance is a one out of five stars. Okay. And then story is three out of five. And this is from Terry B. Okay. Terry. All right. The subject here is all caps. Don't do it. This was by far and away the worst narration ever. Although I enjoyed Laverne Cox in Orange is the New Black, her performance here, parentheses or lack thereof, was nothing short of embarrassing. I had never read this classic and decided that I would persevere through the bad narration and just focus on the amazing writing by Suzanne. Impossible. (laughs) Impossible. Sorry. No matter how hard I tried, I could not force myself to continue. The characters were indistinguishable and constantly changed throughout. I wished I had returned this book. And considering this was an Audible exclusive, you would think that they would invest in a strong performer for the narration. If you want to read this book, then do just that. Read it. Do not waste a credit to listen to it. (laughs) Wow. Terry B. That was intense. I also love Laverne Cox. And so... If you're not paying for the Patreon and you did not see the video, my mouth was open, just completely in shock for the first part of that review. Because I I love her. She's an icon. She's an icon. A a true hero. A true hero. All of us should be so lucky to grace the earth with her magnitude. But I I guess um, Terry did not. Terry didn't agree. So like, I'm going to need to try to put my own personal feelings aside a little bit of Laverne Cox to try to dissect this review because, whew, ouch. <laughs> it, it is. It, this is interesting to me because it's specifically a review of the narration of the book, like, which, I, which is why I thought it was interesting like for an audible review because it's literally only about how horrible Laverne Cox's uh, performance of narration was. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I, like I'm somebody that listens to audibles all the time. Oh, really? 
Yes, I do. And I have a lot of heated conversations about people with people about whether or not I'm allowed to say that I read the book if I listen to it on Audible, which is another discussion for another time. However, I will say that the narration does make all the difference in the world. When you have a great storyteller who can really change up their voice and things like that, it really does make the experience of digesting the story that much more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So I'm with Terry on, yes, I think that the narration can can affect the experience. So I'll give her that. To say it was the worst narration ever and to say that Audible should have done a better job of hiring someone more qualified, I think is ridiculous considering it's Laverne Cox. I mean, clearly they hired an icon who's a famous actor. Okay, but I want to push back because I do believe that acting is different from voiceover work. Does Laverne Cox have experience as like a professional voiceover narration artist? Because you just, all the skills you listed. I mean, I have dabbled in acting, but I have never dabbled in voiceover. I don't think I have that skill set. I think there is a, in my opinion, there's a little distinguishable skill set difference. It crosses over often, but... That's fair. Because Laverne Cox is known as an actor, not as a voiceover artist. Very true. Good distinction. My opinion, my opinion. No, I appreciate the pushback. And I think that's true. Was it embarrassing? I don't know. It's so hard (laughs) to say, right? There is a preview. Oh, okay. Oh, let's hear it. Let's do a little listen. Okay, please. If I had your looks, I'd head straight for John Powers or Conover. Who are they? Anne asked. They run the top modeling agencies in town. That's what I'd love to do. Only I'm too short and not skinny enough. But you're just what they're looking for. I think I'd rather work in an office, Anne said. Okay, but I think you're crazy. Okay. I liked it. I found it very soothing. I could imagine myself being relaxed and listening to Laverne read Valley of the Dolls, which embarrassingly, or maybe not, I've never read. I know it's like a very popular book. I feel like that's why Terry B is so upset because it's like seeing a movie after you've like read the book and have a relationship with the characters. And then you hear, you see it and you're like, Oh, this isn't the way it was playing out in my mind. Like I kind of feel like that's what happened with Terry B. Terry B was envisioning something very specific. And that thing was not Laverne Cox. So when the story was being told by Laverne Cox, she was like, what is this? This is ruining my experience. But I didn't really mind it did you you know it's interesting because i i was looking at other people's reviews and one person like a separate reviewer mentioned that she would constantly say four or five words and then take a breath and i did sort of notice that like that other review was mentioning how like redundant that became like listening to an entire book but you know i don't know (sighs) you know, know i feel like i do think that i do find it to be an a valuable opinion review because someone did really have like a very strong reaction that like they had never read the story. It was really hard to be in the story. They kept being pulled out and were distracted by the lack of character development and then how the character development would change and the voice affectations would change. Like it does make me think, oh, I mean, I was just looking this up for this podcast and it made me look at other reviews because it did have an impact of like, oh, maybe like this will pull me out. There's value there. I hear you. I mean, and the person seemed coherent. Like, I don't know, like, what their spelling and grammar looked like on, obviously, but it's perfect. There's like literally not a misspelling anywhere. And they use parentheticals and like they, they do seem intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't like that entertained by her because I don't feel like I knew her. But that's, is that really the job of the reviewer? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's a great question, though. Yeah. I mean, at least like be entertaining. I think that like we have different biases here because I listen to a lot of things on Audible all the time and I've had some really, really bad experiences. Like I, I have a disorder, whatever you want to call it, called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I got an Audible about that and the entire Audible kept calling it PCOS. Which like never in medical history has anyone ever called this disease PCOS. And that was an example of when I was like, someone should have 
really caught this. That's horrible. And so because that's where I'm coming from, I'm like, whatever, girl, like you got Valley of the Dolls, you got Laverne Cox, like count your blessings. I've seen some like real stinkers on Audible. Do you think that Terry B is being truthful? Do we believe that? I mean, it just, it seems I mean, to it's me. Sub- it feels subjective. Like I believe that this was her experience. I don't think, I don't, I, I think that. I liked the fact that she commented on she was a Laverne Cox fan. She liked Orange is the New Black. I think she was saying all of that so that we would know, like, I'm not a hater of Laverne Cox. Like, I'm not coming to this space to just hate on this person for the sake of hating on this person. I had actually pretty high hopes for this person, and I was disappointed. And I feel like that is truthful to Terry yeah. B's experience. Yeah, I do. Ha- I agree. It, it, I I kind of have a little bit of a Karen radar, Karen okay. going off at the end about sort of throwing Amazon exclusives under the bus. Like you would think they would shout, but they kind of do have a point. But like, I think that I getting- guess so. But like, I maybe it's also bias, like in the entertainment industry. But I can't imagine someone hiring Laverne Cox having her read it and then like shelving it or not. I don't know. Like, what were they supposed to do? Well, to me, I think that if you have like, I I think the point Terry is making is actually the reason that it is Laverne Cox. I think because it's an Amazon exclusive, this is actually for the 50th anniversary of the book. Right. So like, I think that's why they like, I think they did get someone really big by getting a celebrity rather than just like some unknown person that's a voiceover talent, you know? Yeah, totally. Are we ready? You know, honestly, I, yeah, I could just go. I think I have enough information to crown it. Mm-hmm, me too. All right. So Trey and I each have our own set of one to five crown cards. And in an effort to be fair and not influenced by one another, we will simultaneously reveal our rating. The queens are tabulating. All right, Chelsea, ready to show? Okay, I am ready. Total score. (gasps) Okay, so I'm holding up five crowns and Chelsea's holding up three. Wow, Trey, you pulled out. You think that Terry B is a review queen? I do, only because the whole point of a review is based on your personal opinion. And I feel like Terry did not, didn't throw any low punches. Terry, exactly the points you just made. Terry was like, I was looking forward to Laverne Cox. I appreciate who they are. They use the proper pronouns. I, I think she, I think Laverne Cox uses she, her. Yes, you know, maybe I'm just speaking, but but they, you know, I I believed that Terry came in with the right intentions, and at the end, Terry said, "If you want to know the story, just read it." So, like, I didn't think they had malice. I think they were sharing their experience, and so for that, I gave it five, even though it wasn't very entertaining, which was fine. I mean, she was short to the point. And so I gave Terry five. You gave Terry three. Explain. I did give Terry three just because, first of all, like I reserve my fives for my true review queens, which in my opinion does include entertainment, even though it's not the purpose of the review. I think a four, four crowns is a very, you know, strong review uh, assessment for me, just so that the audience knows. I did three because I thought it was a little bit hyperbolic to say that it was the worst narration ever. Based off the sample that I heard, it was definitely not the worst I've heard or I've experienced. So just based on bringing my own experience to my evaluation as a regular audible consumer that was why i landed with three three crowns for terry b and i feel confident in that but i respect your five crowns you know i really feel like i feel like i always like consistently want to change after (laughs) we reveal these because you're right the very first sentence is like far and away the worst narration ever which (laughs) anyway i guess i'm sticking with the five no stick with it (sighs) if that was your feeling for terry b terry b is your review queen it just proves how convincing you are as a review queen that you really made me consider well thank you (laughs) that was fun it's time for a little bit of a palate cleanse maybe before we hop back in 
Totally. All right. So we'll um, go on to a quick break right now. And then when we come back, we'll play with Meryl before we get into Chelsea Chelsea's review. Love it. BRB. Hold your crown. We'll be right back. Oh my gosh, Chelsea, it's game time. It's time to take a quick little spin on the Merrill Go Round. I don't feel like an icon. Most of the days I feel like I can't. That's with an A. Ugh, I feel Meryl so hard in that quote every time. Ugh, me too. Sometimes, most of the time, I guess I do feel like an icon too, Meryl. Anyway, here's the deal. Trey and I each pick a rotten, scathing, pithy one-star zinger. And with 30 seconds on the clock, we will take turns reciting the zinger in as many genres as possible. Just like Queen Meryl, who does it all. Before the clock runs out. My review is from Google. It is a review of the closest Walmart to my area. And the review is from Jason M. And Jason M says, smallest Walmart in his. There are three S's. It doesn't say Ori. His. <laughs> is, that a, is that like what the kids say now? Apparently. Oh my God. Okay. All right. All right. You ready to hop on? Uh, I feel like I need, let me just uh, a little bit of water before I go into that. All right. I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. Shakespeare. Smallest Walmart in history. Musical theater. Smallest Walmart in history. <laughs> Yankee. Smallest Walmart in his lifetime. Smallest Walmart in his opera diva. Smallest Walmart in his soap opera. Smallest Walmart in his. That's all. <laughs> I don't know if I'm hitting any of these genres like Meryl. No, Sometimes. I. I think you're so good at this, and it makes me so mad. Like, also, my absolute favorite of you every time is Opera Diva because it's so funny. Okay. (laughs) Chelsea, you did so good. You did one, two, three, four, five, six. Wow. That may be the best so far. Thank God he didn't finish history or else I might have not finished with that many. That was impressive. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. All right. So I'll tell you guys mine. So my one star zinger is from Amazon reviews. And okay, I went, I maybe we can put the picture on um, Instagram because it's for a long gray wizard wig and beard. And when I tell you it is the most hilarious image in the world. And the subject is this sucks. And (laughs) the review that is written is totally sucks. Okay, great. Talk about pithy. I mean, at least we know that they know three words. That's true. Are you ready? (sighs) Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. Great. Go. Opera diva. Totally sucks. (laughs) Disaster. (gasps) Totally sucks. Film noir. Totally uh, sucks, big boy. Mime? Horror. Ah, totally sucks! Soap opera. Oh, totally sucks. Right time. That's all. Okay. Freaking great as well. I know, but it was two words. It was kind of cheating. Or, no, it wasn't. Six. We tied. (gasps) Six and six. Wow. Wow. I'm so proud of us. We both tied. I'm proud of us too. We got to leave that as both winners. Yours was really funny. That was like, uh, that was a good round. All right. Should we jump back in? 
I think we have to. Review that review. All right, we're back from the game break. And now it is Chelsea Dawn's turn. What is your review this week? This week, I will be reviewing a place that I embarrassingly went to frequently when I lived in New York City, which was the Olive Garden in Times Square. <gasps> I went really? Well, you used to live on near 42nd Street, right? I did. I used to live near 42nd Street, but also like in college when I lived in the village, my roommate was just a really big fan of Olive Garden. So we would find our way there a lot. So no judgment. I mean, hello, unlimited breadsticks, soup, salad, breadsticks. I mean, great lunch. I was there. So where is it from? It is from Yelp. It is written by Crystal W., who I will point out. She's going to point it out anyway, but I will point out that she is an elite reviewer. She has written over 236 reviews. This is 237, I believe. And she includes, she's included 414 photos in her review. So Crystal considers herself quite wise. Whoa. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. You probably think, as a Yelp elite, I am crazy to go to Olive Garden while in New York City, let alone in Times Square. But my family wanted to go, and it was the kids' first time in New York City, so they was wanted to do all the touristy things. We stopped by for dinner on 12-30-2019 at 4.45 p.m. The first red flag was our waitress, Keisha, did not write down anything down. She memorized our orders, but that's definitely not fail-proof. She went around the table to repeat our orders and already forgot one person's. We ordered chicken alfredo, seafood alfredo, eggplant parmesan, and create-your-own pasta with one beer and one glass of Pinot Grigio. The food took forever to arrive, but yes, I understand it's busy in New York City, especially on the eve of New Year's Year's Eve. When our breadstick soup salad arrived, our waitress forgot the cheese grater and that we had ordered a side of the Alfredo boat. She disappeared for 30 minutes. Our entree came out shortly after our soup, soup salad, if that gives you an idea of how long it took. I asked her where our alcoholic beverages were, and she replied, you didn't order any alcohol. I guess she forgot she explained the beers on tap and that the Pinot Grigio Cabot might be out and if I wanted a substitute. So we got our drinks with the entrees. Probably would have helped if she wrote down our orders. The chicken and seafood seafood Alfredo were disappointing. There was hardly any sauce. We had to use our Alfredo boat and pour sauce onto our entree. We were scared to ask our waitress for more sauce because she would have disappeared back in the kitchen for another 30 minutes. Finally, our party of four had an automatic tip of 18% applied to our $120 bill before tax. Our service definitely did not deserve an 18% tip. Our waitress even forgot to give us mints with the bill until I reminded her. Overall, an epic fail. I tried calling the restaurant manager, Michael, several times on 1230 and 12:31, but no one answered the phone at this location. I'm glad I didn't make New Year's Eve dinner reservations here for $250 a person. Otherwise, I would be pissed spending close to 1k oh my god okay another great pick (laughs) Um, first of all i just the first thing i have to say here is you know that keisha or kesha Mm -hmm. hated crystal hated i mean worst nightmare i'm just imagining like all of that happening and i think there's faults obviously there are faults but then at the very end to be like excuse me excuse me waiter you didn't bring our mints oh my god Ugh. just imagine like like the personality of being in the service industry especially in times square and then someone's like you didn't bring me my mints and maybe they changed this, but like back in the day when I used to go there, I want to say they had like a barrel of mints on the way out. So like you could grab a mint if you needed a mint. 
on the way. I mean, the mints are delicious. Let's not. I don't really remember. Are they those like mint Andes? They're Andes mint. And it's traditional that you get it like with the bill, right? You do. You usually get one per person or two per people, depending on how big your party is with the bill. But anyway, so many things. First of all, have you ever heard of an Alfredo boat? No. And halfway through the review, did I realize... It's probably like that salad dressing silver little boat thing that you tip with the handle. Like it took me that long to realize that's probably what it is. Do you think that's on the menu or do you think that was an off menu I don't request? Know. I've never heard of an Alfredo boat. Maybe it is a thing. I don't like you could order it as a side. Ew, ew. Gross. <laughs> also, we got two Alfredo dishes and an Alfredo boat and there wasn't enough Alfredo. I have a question. Yeah. Does it say where Crystal is Crystal like a tourist in New York? She yes, Crystal is a tourist in New York. It doesn't say as Their far location. as my records where she's from. Well, because at the beginning it's when she's talking about the kids, the phrasing is they was wanted, which sounds like I don't know, is that like Baltimore or like Philly or something? They was wanted. I don't know. There were a few weird grammatical errors like that along the way that I was like, I don't think this was intentional. What about spelling? Was there bad spelling? Because there was a lot of grammar stuff. There was no bad spelling. The spelling was fine. The grammar was wonky in like quite a few places. She was very passionate about this review. It was really funny to me. Like, because I, I have been a waiter and yes. I also have been waited upon. And I do always have a little like, ugh, like a little like gut clench when someone doesn't write it down. And that was policy the restaurant I worked at. We had to write it down. But like to go around the table to verify and to have completely forgotten an entire <laughs> whole person's order is so funny to me. Yeah. Like there, there's no doubt that Kashea, I think Kashea was having a bad day. I can't imagine working in Times Square, even just the eve of New Year's Eve. Okay, I wrote that phrase down. I hate that. I hate when... I hate... Okay, it's called New Year's Eve. Right. Eve of New Year's Eve (laughs) is not a thing. Christmas Eve... Eve of Christmas Eve. No, that's not a thing. But I know. But I get it's like just a cute, more concise way to. But like, obviously, this Olive Garden in Times Square is like probably the most premier spot to watch the ball drop. So yes. you have to like have an outrageous number of staffing for that event. So it's literally like the eve of New Year's Eve is like the calm before the storm. Right. So like, I just like, I can't A, imagine working in Times Square, B, for those... Ho- oh my God. Like, I just... I My empathy is already not with Crystal. It is with Keisha Kesha Kashea. Kashea, um, I think. How's it spelled? K-A-S-H-A-Y-A. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, Kashea. I also think it's funny that at the beginning, she says that she disappeared for 30 minutes and then like period. You want to guess how long they were gone? <laughs> Like what? Also, no, like is, I don't want to guess. You told me. Do you think the crystal is like holding a stopwatch? Because she references a frame time frame a couple of times here, and she's an elite yeah. reviewer. I think maybe Crystal's like a swim coach or something like that, like or or like a track and field. <laughs> just with the hanging, like she just has it already hanging around her throat. She's like, this is ridiculous. I don't know. I also think. For future, we need to have some sort of a sound cue whenever anyone says that they called the manager or tried to speak to the manager. I like that. A Karen, like, um, yeah, because she, because Crystal made sure that we knew that she tried calling the manager who she knew by name, Michael, which leads me to believe that she probably spoke with Michael face to face. How did she know his name was Michael? Unless she just called and was like, I want to speak to the manager. And they're like, I'll put you through to Michael. That's a good question. I I did notice on 1230 and 1231. Girl, why are you calling to speak to a manager on New Year's Eve? Like that manager is not going to answer you. They shut down the subway stations on New Year's at like eight in the morning. Like he's not answering to hear your complaint. It's really busy in the city during this time because Crystal, you're not the only one whose kids are off from school and you think, oh, it's a great idea to 
go and spend some time in the city. Like it is busy. If it was taking a half an hour for you to get your entrees, it was probably because they were packed and they usually are packed just to be clear. Correct. Well, you know, to be fair, the not writing the things down, that's a problem. Yes. The length of time is a problem. If they had written everything down, I think they would have remembered they ordered beer. They would have remembered all the stuff. Like, agree. I like that is a problem. And so that's valuable to me that, you know, it's possible. Like, my experience as a waiter was we had to write the orders down. So if you're going here and it's that busy and you're without your server for that long, it's probably like reminiscent. No, it's probably indicative <laughs> of like what a common experience is going to be there, is what I'm imagining. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we're not getting five star white glove service. At the Olive Garden. Let's be clear. We're in Times Square. The service, I'm positive, was subpar. I'm not even going to question that. I'm sure Crystal writing this review, I'm, I think a lot of people going to this Olive Garden location will probably also wait a long time for their food and possibly encounter some bad service because I'm sure the turnaround is pretty significant. Do you know who owns Olive Garden? No. Who? I don't know. I just remember in college, there, I had friends that worked for Outback Steakhouse. And that, mm-hmm. like, to get hired at Outback Steakhouse, you had to do a writing test, you had to do a math test, and you had to pass like three interviews. I'm wondering if it's the same organization. I had a friend that worked at Olive Garden, not that location, I think like the 34th Street. There's another location of Olive Garden. And she had like a packet, like, she had to memorize a lot. That's what I'm wondering. Like, I I actually don't think it's like, I don't think our judgment is about what it takes to be a server at Olive Garden. Because a lot of these sort of, even though they're not fine dining restaurants, they're chain restaurants, they like, you can't just get hired off the street. I guess my thing is more, I'm sure that Kashea is just like beat to the ground by the time she leaves that place. That is a hard location. That is a hard job. But you could make the job easier by writing everything down. It's true. I also, I mean, I don't think it's a policy at Olive Garden, but my sister was a waitress and her, the restaurant that she worked at, they, they wouldn't let them write it down. Yeah, that's like a thing too. And I just, just in this whole conversation of not being judgmental of service workers, your sister is a lawyer. So a lawyer was a waiter. So like for many years. Yes. No, totally. I'm not. I'm always going to be on the side of the server. So that's, that's just going to be my bias right there. And I'm sure that when I say that it's a revolving door and people leave, I think it's just because they're beat up. It's it's a hard job. job. I mean, I had a friend that worked at Bubba Gump in Times Square, run for stop for Yeah. It's just an outrageous volume of patrons. Yeah, just people all day, tourists, like people that don't tip, like just the worst. That's why they do the 18% tip included. I I had a a question about that because I feel like, do they do that on a four top? I think that they they do do that in Times Square in general because there's a lot of tourists that come through there. I mean, just a lot of people don't tip and it's really hard to work there. Things are more expensive in Times Square. I'm sorry, but they just are. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so if you're you going to go to an Olive Garden in Times Square, I don't think you should be shocked that they include an 18% tip. And I think that uh, Crystal was fair about that at the beginning. Like the kids wanted to go, so they went. Do you think that Crystal's being truthful here? Or do you think that they're like a dis? I don't think she's a disgruntled former employee. I don't think she's a dis. I think she's being absolutely truthful. I think she takes her position as an elite Yelp reviewer very, very seriously. Just like we take our self-appointed review queen position very seriously. So does Crystal. Yeah, I believe that Crystal's being authentic in her representation of her experience. She gives me a little bit of Karen Dar. Yes. Yes, the having posted 400 plus images on Yelp, it's a little Karen-y. But yes. I don't know, that's our business too. So but I was saying it's completely humorless. There was like, there wasn't any fun. I mean, I was entertained about like Alfredo boat or whatever. Yes. But like now I'm, I'm recognizing how you felt about the Valley of the Dolls. Like it is sort of nice to at least have a little bit of levity. Yeah. Do we feel like we have 
enough information to take this to the rating? I do. Yeah, let's crown it. The queens are tabulating. You ready to show? I think I'm ready, yes. Okay, me too. Total score. Tie. Unanimous decision. Okay, we both did three crowns. I did three crowns because I took a couple of crowns away. One for the Karen Dar, two for the entertainment value. I gave the three crowns because I thought that they were being truthful to their experience. And I think it's probably typical of what you can expect if you are going to go to this Olive Garden location. So for that reason, I decided to give Crystal three crowns. How about you? Yeah, yeah I said three because it, it just feels very run of the mill, like very middle of the road. Very like, yes, I feel like, you know, this is what you're going to get when you go to the Olive Garden at Times Square. And I believed her. I believe this experience happened. There's a couple of grammar things, whatever. Not really humorous or, but you know, it's sort of like I would expect this. So the impact, there wasn't much of a deal. There's no deal breaker. I mean, this is exactly like what I would expect. So for those reasons, I just gave it three middle of the road. Yes. <laughs> Completely agree. Excellent. Wow. I feel like we learned a lot of things today. Me too. What did you learn, Chels? Chels? I learned that people have strong opinions about things and they're not always entertaining and funny. And I need to take away my own personal bias sometimes. Like I think that the Laverne Cox thing really threw me. I need to really try to work to be an impartial review queen. Oh, that's like so like self-deprecating. I feel like you're a great review queen, but I really, I also similarly, I learned about my own personal biases here. Like it's trying to like uh, navigate both sides of the coin, you know? I also learned that if I'm going to Rite Aid and there's a 50% off toy, maybe like see if if, if there's no tape, see if you can pop it open and like verify that it's like what is printed on the box. And I, same conversation of the two sides of the coin, you know, when there's something really horrifyingly over like drilling in your head of a jingle, the negativity of that is also the positivity because here we are and we can sing Rice Aroni. So, um, (laughs) right. As we reach the end of today's episode, have you got any personal reviews for your week? Who are you inducting for? My Royal Highness. That's a great question. I had a lot of time when I was traveling to really notice what it takes to be working in the service industry, especially at the airport. Mm. You know, some places aren't open and some places are. And um, the specific airport I flew into for my sister had a shortage of TSA agents and it was like a whole problem. So I am going to induct these TSA agents who are working through this pandemic. We're like sort of hopefully reaching the end. More people are getting vaccinated and, but they're still like there. So to me, I think five stars, five crowns are more than deserved for these TSA agents. That's so crazy because I also was just on a plane. And so I was going to give my Royal Highness of this week. I swear I wrote it down to the flight attendant on my flight coming back from Newark because there was a guy sitting next to me. I was bumped up to first class, which I was very excited about. And there was a guy sitting next to me and he just had the worst stink face on. And he was really annoyed that there were crumbs on his seat. And he was throwing like a legitimate hissy fit. Mm -hmm. And this woman, this amazing flight attendant just swept in and completely just calmed him down and gave him the extra miles that he was clearly after and gave him a wipe and just took care of it in such a way. And she pacified the experience, which made my experience better. Mm. So I was just really grateful because in that moment, I just thought, wow, like you said, like these people are working through the pandemic. They have their own problems. They're, you know, they're showing up for us and they have to put up with all these people every day. And she still had a smile on her face. And I wish I could remember her name because I'd reference her directly, but she was lovely. And she was wearing heels. 
you better work, lady flight attendant in heels. I mean, my God. Before we go, do we have time for one royal review? I feel like we can make time for that. Yeah. Okay, good. So every so often, we like to feature one of our very own reviews from listeners like you. That's right. But a review from one of our listeners isn't any ordinary review. It's a royal review. Maybe it's time for some royal reviews. Hmm. Okay, so this uh, royal review is from the user Chris Wendelkin on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. The caps only review queens. I love Chelsea and Trey. This podcast is essential listening and brightens my week. Aw, thanks, Chris Wendelkin. Uh, Full disclosure, I know Chris Wendelkin. He is a fellow podcaster and really took a lot of time and effort in educating me so that we could be producing this content. And um, that's so nice that Chris threw us five stars. What a gem. Yes. Thank you, Chris Vendelkin. I owe you a five-star review in return and it will be coming. Yeah. So everyone can do that. Uh, Go check out Chris Vendelkin's podcast. It's called Swish FM. Give it a listen if you uh, like basketball. And if you don't, just do it anyway. Okay. And if you want to be featured as one of our Royal Reviews, then make sure you leave us a review right now. And if you hate the pod, you can hate review us with five stars. That'll really get our goat, honeys. (laughs) We've made it super easy with a super cute link. Lovethepodcast.com slash the review queens. That's lovethepodcast.com slash the review queens. And it's really easy because we've actually added a one-click link down in the show description. Easy peasy, beautiful review queens. Yeah. I can't wait to experience how easy it is. All right. We did it, queen. That's another round in the books. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend. If you didn't like what you heard, tell an enemy. If you want to lodge your own complaint, submit your own review or share with the world who you would induct for my Royal Highness, leave us a voicemail at 850-REVIEW-0. You can also follow us on all the socials at The Review Queens. And I'm at Chelsea BD. And I'm at Trey Gerald. That's two R's. Become a member of the Royal Court by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash review that review. Oh, you can also, this is really cool. You can watch live clips from our recording sessions on YouTube. And we also have some fun behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And remember, ignore the haters. You're a queen. Gender non-specific queen. Bye. Bye. Review That Review is an independent podcast. Certain names have been redacted or changed to protect the guilty. Executive produced by Trey Gerald and Chelsea Dawn with editing and sound design by me with voiceover talents by Eva Kamensky. Our cover art was designed by Logo Vora and our theme song was written by Joe Pinozian and sung by Natalie Weiss.